The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. This morning we're going to be looking at the subject of the church. The church. I'm starting just going to talk for a few weeks about the subject, the church. And today the title, if you like, is What is the Church? What is the church and what is the church supposed to look like? Now here we are in completely different times, uh, in meeting in church in a different way. We all know that we would have usually been in Bromley and meeting at the church building, but now we're meeting over the internet and in these various digital platforms. Some people are saying, well, when are we going to get back to normal? And uh, no, I don't have an answer for that. In fact, the only thing I can say is, what is normal? What is going to be the new normal? We don't even know quite what that is. But what we do know is that these are times of change. Uh, they're interesting times in many ways. And uh, we do want to ask the question, nevertheless, what is the church? And what is the church supposed to look like during this particular time? Now, when we're talking about the church, obviously many people will straight away go to the day of Pentecost. And that day in the New Testament when the Holy Spirit came, and for many they call that the birthday of the church, the establishment of the New Testament church. And in fact we'll be looking at more of that next week because next Sunday is actually Pentecost Sunday. But it's not just the start of the New Testament church in that way that I'm thinking about this morning. But I'm thinking about things like what makes up the church, what is the responsibility of the church, what is the role of the church, things like that. Firstly, we're going to look at this fact that the gathering, the church is the gathering. Now, the word for church, which appears in the New Testament, is actually translated from the Greek word ecclesia. And Strong's uh, concordance gives the meaning of that word as this. It says, a gathering of citizens called out from their homes into some public place and assembly. That's what it says. So, for instance, when we read of the persecution that came following the death of Stephen in Acts chapter 8 verse 1. We read this, a great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers except the apostles were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. And so we can understand as we read that, we could say in this way, a great wave of persecution began that day, preventing the Christians from gathering together in one place. Indeed, all the believers were scattered everywhere throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. And again, uh, we read of Paul writing in Colossians, Colossians 4.15. He says this, Please give my greetings to our brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church that meets in her house. So we could understand that verse like this. Please give my greetings, says Paul, to our brothers and sisters in Laodicea and to Nympha and the gathering of Christians who meet in her house. So we can see that this word ecclesia is used for church and it means this gathering. But we're asking this question, what is the church? And we can come perhaps with this, even using this word, to a very basic understanding that the church 
is a gathering and assembling of people. But it's more than just a group of human beings meeting together. This gathering is the coming together of the people of God. The gathering of no ordinary people, but a people who have found salvation in Jesus Christ. And therefore, they have been given the right to be called the children of God. So we could say, in one sense, that the church is a family gathering of God's children, those who are his who come together. And this is important for us to understand, because in this time of change, when we're not meeting in a building, as we usually did, and we're not, we need to understand very much what church is and how we gather together. Even if we're doing it via the TV or whether we're doing it via our computers or our phones, that we're engaging together and that we are becoming church. Matthew 18 verse 20 says this, For where two or three gather together in my name, there am I amongst them. So when you meet your Christian brother or sister on Zoom, you are gathering. And I know it's digitally, but you're still coming together. And when you do that in Jesus' name, Jesus joins in with that and he is with you. So he is with us as we gather, even on this digital platform this morning. Now I know of course that it feels different, it feels strange, it's not quite as it used to be. And those sort of feelings come to us. But you know what, as we're now in a new norm, this is an experience that God is giving to us and it's our responsibility to seek to grow and to flourish in the environment that God has placed before us. After all, we're not the first people, not the first group who have gathered together, not the first church that has faced difficulties and challenges. Many churches around the world where people have gathered, they have stopped having, being able to gather because they're being persecuted or their churches are being closed down. And yet in those situations, the children of God, the people of God have still managed to work out what church is in a new environment. Matthew 16 verse 18 is what Jesus said to Peter. He said, I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And we know that even though there are testings and things that come against us, the church is always going to prevail because Jesus has declared it to be so. So the church is the gathering of the people of God. But the church is more than just a gathering. The church is the body of Christ. Colossians 1 verse 18 says this, Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. So just with our physical bodies, it's true to say that our heads, our brains, release instruction to our bodies so that the body can then function and carry out the work that it's supposed to do. The head gives the instruction, the body carries out those instructions. And I believe that's how God wants us to see his church and how his church is to function here upon the earth. Jesus, the head of the body, gives the instructions, the directions, and we, his body, are those who are supposed to take those instructions, those directions, and actually cause them to happen here upon the earth. In our own bodies, we have what we call the nervous system. And that nervous system is made up of our brains, our spinal cord, our nerves, and that system is the body's communication system that controls everything that your body does. 
It allows you to walk, it allows you to speak, it allows you to swallow, it allows you to breathe, it allows you to learn. All of those things are carried out because signals are being carried from our brains via our nervous system to the various parts of our body, telling those parts of the body what to do. Now just as we see that in our natural body, so we understand that of the spiritual body, the church. Jesus, our head, sends out his signals so that his body can carry out his instructions here on the earth, just as he has desired it from heaven. Now Paul talked about the body like this, 1 Corinthians 12 verses 12 to 14. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptised by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given that one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And again in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 27, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. This body of Christ, which is the church, is actually made up of many individual parts. And each individual part has its role to play. Now in the passage, uh, again in Corinthians, where Paul is using this analogy of the body, he goes on to say, 1 Corinthians 12, 15 to 16, Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. We may all be different, but we all come together and we all belong to one body and that body is the church. So church happens when individual people who have found salvation in Jesus Christ and are living their lives to follow his commands, when they come together that and they come together in unity, they come together with a common aim to fulfill the commands of Jesus from heaven here upon the earth. That is church. And you know what? The Lord's Prayer echoes very much that function of the church. The Lord's Prayer says this, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And so it reflects very much that idea of what the body is to do, to actually carry out the instructions of the head in heaven here upon the earth. So when we think, what is the church? There are two elements that need to be considered. Firstly, we come as individuals, truly rooted, firmly planted in Jesus Christ. Secondly, we join together in unity with the common aim of living out Jesus' instructions from heaven here upon the earth. Those are the two elements that are really important in us understanding the church. Neither of those is about a building, although obviously when you're coming together it can help to have a place where you're actually meeting. But neither of those are actually centering upon a building. Let's look at the first one of those, come together as individuals. When we get to heaven and we come to the gate of heaven as it were, we're going to be there for ourselves we're, as individuals. We're not going to be there on behalf of anybody else. Look, it's like this. We go to the gate of heaven and we say, Hi, Peter. We're assuming, obviously, that Peter's going to be there to let us in. Hi, Peter. Oh, my name's Jonathan. Yeah, I'm here. I hope you've got my name in your book. 
and Peter goes away and he looks in the book and he says, oh yes, yes, I've got your name, great, that's wonderful, you know, come in, have a look around, see what you think. Uh, you were not going to say at that point, oh, no, Peter, just while I'm here, uh, can you let the rest of my family in as well? I, I mean, I love them and I've done a lot of time with them and we, we, we love each other, so please, really let them in. Peter's going to say like, whoa, 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 I want them to come in, but I can't let them in on behalf of you. You have to open the gate. You have to get your name written in the book of life. That's down to you as an individual. Our faith is about our individual response to Jesus. Our getting into heaven is about us as individuals. We can pray and we can work for others to come in, but it's our personal responsibility. And so when it comes to salvation, it's our responsibility to meet with Jesus. It's our responsibility to come to him and to find our sins forgiven. It's our responsibility to build that spiritual life and to have that spiritual walk with him. We have to do that as individuals. We long for others that we know to come and know the same thing. But we can only come to God as individuals. And you know what? That's why we spend a lot of time talking about developing our own spiritual life. We have to develop that life for ourselves. We're living with others. We're working with others. We're alongside others. We're doing family life with others. But it's still our personal responsibility to live that Christian life for ourselves. First and foremost, we come as individuals. Jude 1 verses 20 to 21 says this, But you, dear friends... By building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. It is you yourselves, it's your personal responsibility to build yourself up. The church is made up of individual people who have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Saviour and are living daily with him as their Lord. Let me ask you, are you saved? Have you come to that place where you yourself have come into relationship with Jesus Christ? It's not that you can rely upon somebody else. You need to make that decision for yourself. But today is a day of salvation. Today is a day when you can make that response. And our prayer is that you would do that, that you would come to know him for yourself. You know what, some people think they are saved just because they have said, I want Jesus in my life. To actually walk in salvation, we invite Jesus in and we allow him to lead us, to direct us. We are the body, he is the head. He gives the instructions for our daily lives and we want to carry out the the, the, those uh, instructions fully so that we're part of his kingdom. We come as individuals. Secondly... We join together in unity to carry out Jesus' instructions on the earth, his will on the earth. It only takes two individuals to create church, as we read earlier in Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I with them. And so it only takes two. The church is his body, now you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. And the function of the body, as we have already said, is that we're here to carry out God's will that is decreed in heaven. We're here to carry it out upon the earth. So when Jesus says, this is my will, love one another as I have loved you, as he says in John 13, then that's our responsibility as individuals, but together as the church, 
that we carry out that will of his upon the earth. As Jesus says, forgive as I have forgiven you, so we are to carry out forgiveness, just as he has forgiven us. As Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, so we as the church on earth are instructed to go out and to carry out his will. The church is the gathering of individuals who love Jesus. And you know what? If we love Jesus, then he says, if you love me, you will carry out my commands. Those who love Jesus, who come together with others of the same mind, and they seek to carry the presence of Jesus, and they seek to carry his will out. So when we join together, then we join together in unity, in perfect unity. Galatians 3.28 says this, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Jesus Christ. We come as individuals, we come as children of God, but we come together as that, just as the children of God. Every other label is put to one side. Every other division is put to one side, because we become one in Jesus Christ. When we come together, we join in true unity. When we come together, we come together to encourage one another. Hebrews 10 verses 24 and 25. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his returning is drawing near. The whole idea of us coming as church is that we come together in unity, we come together to encourage and to strengthen each other. And not only that, as we come together, we are established. Psalm 92, 13 and 14 says this, Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish. In the courts of our God, they will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. As we come together, as we are part of the church, so we grow, we develop, we flourish as Christians. The church has two elements. We come together as individuals. We join together in unity so that we form the church, the body of Christ. It's our role to take responsibility for ourselves and our own Christian walk, but as we come together, we want to help and encourage one another in our collective spiritual walk. Do, we, do you take responsibility for yourself spiritually? It's a question we've got to ask ourselves. Do you take responsibility? Or do you just let days go by? Do you just let another time pass? Or are you saying, no, this is who I am. I am a child of God. He has chosen me and called me into his kingdom. I therefore want to respond to that choice and I want to develop my relationship with him. As individuals, we want to develop our spiritual lives. I can't ask you to read your Bible. I can ask you, but I can't make you do it. Only you can do that for yourself. I can't read it on your behalf. It doesn't work like that. I can pray for you, but I can also encourage you to pray for yourself. And that's what we want to do. We want to encourage one another in those things that build us up as individuals. So that as we're built up as individuals and we come together, we can join together as the church and we can function as God wants us to function. The church is the gathering of the people of God so that as they come together, they form the body of Christ. And as the body of Christ is here on earth, we're looking to our head, Jesus, who is in heaven, giving his instructions so that we, his body, may carry those out upon the earth. 
And we, Bromley Town Church, we want to be a vibrant, healthy church. We want to be accomplishing the purposes of heaven here in Bromley, regardless of whether we have a building, regardless of whether we're able to meet together in the physical, but we want to be able to grow and to be that vibrant church for him. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you this morning to ask, Lord, that you would help us. Lord, help us as individuals. Father, we stand before you as individuals. Our salvation is an individual relationship that we have with you. Father, will you help each of us as individuals to develop our personal walk with you? But not only as individuals, Lord, will you help us as we gather together and we become your body? Will you help us to love one another? Will you help us to prefer one another? Will you help us, Lord, to join together in true unity as your church? And as your church, Lord, will you help us to hear your instructions and collectively carry them out, encouraging each other in that process? Holy Spirit, we invite you to be with us. We ask you to help us wherever we lack, wherever we have problems, issues that we haven't dealt with. Come and help us with those things so that together in these days of newness, we will learn afresh what it is to be the body of Christ here upon the earth, carrying out your instructions as you've asked us to do. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May God bless you and may you have a good week. We'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.